With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom. Simply visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today. It's Thursday morning. It's the last day of regular shows before we go into the, um, let's say, the end of the year holiday mode with replays and best ofs. And of course, back in um, early 2024, being Thursday, Lindsay Perigo is here one more time for a Perigo's perspective. Lindsay, the year has gone, well, it almost it seems like light speed for me. What about you? The same, just extraordinary. And just when you thought nothing more could possibly happen, <laughs> something of greater enormity and magnitude does. And we're, we're not there yet. There are still a few days to go. So I, I wouldn't say we can just sit back and relax and wait for the beginning of 2024. Anything could happen. Most of what has happened has been good, which will be my subject this morning. One of the good things, that wonderful interview you had the other day with Winston, just so nice to hear a good, friendly, relaxed conversation where you're not play, trying to play gotcha the whole time. And my goodness, you get so much more out of him that way as well. And I was really impressed with the fact that he's as sharp as ever. Yeah, because there's been ageism towards him. Yeah, indeed there has. And sometimes one had to wonder. But no, he's on top of his game and he has a great opportunity now. Whatever we may hold against him in the past, uh, Redemption Plus should be on his menu, to use a word associated with the green parrot. He'll appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I get that one. Yeah, so um, given that you mentioned, or now that you mentioned that, um, it was, I mean, a few people have, have said you, you were too nice to him. But, I mean, you know, you've got to be civil. Otherwise, what do you? how far do you get? But the other thing is he did he did reassure us right at the end that he would deliver on that inquiry. He was... Pretty clear about that. Yes, I think he just wasn't going to be preempted about what exactly it would consist of, but I'm sure he took your point about the Pfizer agreement on board. But as he said, we've only been here two weeks, so we can't expect miracles in that two weeks, even from Winston, as he acknowledged, with a, a characteristic chuckle and humour. Isn't it interesting to see some of the heads exploding in the wake of this thing and and what people are saying? They didn't see it's like they didn't see the freight train coming down the track and they're you know they're having a coping issue now, but a lot of them are the sort of the left side of journalism. Even Radio New Zealand listeners are losing their heads. So I don't know why you'd be funding that niche uh, provider now, but um you'd be uh you'd be interested in, in that kind of reaction, wouldn't you? Well, just before we started this, I amended my script. A reference I had in there to the mainstream media, I thought, already that is no longer true. They are not mainstream. They are being usurped and overtaken by the likes of Reality Check Radio and any forum they can go to, which is authentic and does genuinely give both sides, many sides, if it's multifaceted, of the story without fear or favor. 
They no longer do that. They are already profoundly discredited because of that. And I think they're on the way out. They're a minority and a rapidly disappearing minority. Yeah, the tide's kind of going out, right? <laughs> yes, and I'll have more to say about that this morning. Uh, just before I launch in, uh, uh, congratulations to you and all the other hosts and everybody behind the scenes associated with Reality Check Radio. You delivered on the promise, that banner behind the aeroplane before the launch, R.I.P. Woke Media. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, good old-fashioned banner behind the plane. Wonderful. All right, then. Well, let's do it one more time and see out the year. So floor is yours, Lindsay. We may exit 2023 more edified and gratified, albeit cautiously, concerning the future of freedom than we entered it. In New Zealand, there was an early turn for the better in January, when the odious Jacinda Jackboot resigned. The woeful era of don't speak to your neighbours, dob them in, of lockdowns and mandates, and the leperization of the unvaccinated was paused, leaving uncomfortable reflections as to how she and the woke fascist regime she headed could possibly have been elected in the first place. Was half the electorate really as brainwashed and stupefied as almost all of Generation Zombie and the Moronials? Some reassurance came later in the year when the regime was decisively, ignominiously told to shove its woke fascism up its gay place to be replaced by the new MMP coalition that has had an encouraging start. One of the most anti-freedom legacies of the Ardern despotism was the bribed media. They were already in her pockets anyway, but with the slush fund by which she bailed them out during Wuhan, she grappled them to her bosom with hoops of iron. That they know it is shown by how triggered they are when it's mentioned. But this is now the second major ceremonial moment of Christopher Luxon's prime ministership that has been overshadowed by his first chosen deputy prime minister, Winston Peters' anti-media antics. Ministers in the past have faced weeks of pressure for any perception that they may be trying to exert influence over our state broadcasters, and rightly so. Their editorial independence is sacred. It may have been OK for Winston Peters to have a lash at media on the election campaign, but this is something different. He is the Deputy Prime Minister and this is about democracy. It is also unbecoming of a Deputy Prime Minister to falsely accuse the media of taking bribes from a government. And you can bet your bottom dollar that this particular Deputy Prime Minister and serial litigant Winston Peters would at least threaten to haul someone through the courts if the same baseless accusation was levelled at him. There you have a snapshot of the far-left propaganda that passes for disinterested reportage now. Unwatchable, unlistenable, vinegar vixens squirting their vitriol. 
note, I said disinterested, not uninterested. Disinterested means unbiased, unprejudiced, impartial, neutral, non-partisan, non-witch. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? You can bet your bottom dollar these media will try to whip up headwinds of hurricane strength against the coalition's agenda. The so-called mainstream media are Labour, Green Party, the Apartheid Party, operatives. And they are operatives of those parties' paramilitary wing, the mob. Hitler Youth, the Red Guards, the Brown Shirts and Black Shirts, Only Black Lives Matter, and all the other savages who pop up miraculously all over the world whenever George Soros clears his throat. They are graceless losers, and they brook no dissent from their woke fascist theology. Case in point, the New Zealand of Ferald. It has just refused to run an ad expressing dismay at the current surge in anti-Semitism here, using Hitler Youth as its excuse. The Free Speech Union has sent this out to its members from Jordan Williams. Quote, Yesterday, the Free Speech Union were alerted to NZME, the publishers of the New Zealand Herald, turning down a proposed paid advertisement by Shalom New Zealand, a support group for New Zealand Israelis, on the basis that in order for the advertisement public letter to be accepted, they would need to fund security for the newspaper's headquarters due to the protests that might result. Putting aside the disturbing situation that New Zealand media outlets now fear violent reaction by political activists, it sets a terribly dangerous precedent that the victims of political abuse must pay extra security fees to have their right to participate in public dialogue. I would have thought this advertisement perfectly reasonable in a free and democratic society where people can and do have differing views on the Israel-Palestine conflict. But NZME insists they will need to employ extra security for their offices if they publish the letter even as an advertisement. I'm sure you will appreciate the disturbing irony. Israeli expats are wanting to express their concern that New Zealand is no longer safe for Jews in our country's newspaper of record, and the NZME team have said the cost for extra security to keep their offices safe is prohibitive, so the advert cannot run. This is not the tolerant country we know and love. This isn't an issue of censorship by the media. It's a case of media being censored by the mob. The fact NZME are taking the mob threats so seriously should send a cold shiver down the backs of those who want our media to be free, frank, and unapologetic in tackling tough subjects, unquote. I would beg to differ with Jordan here. It's a case of media being willingly censored by the mob, of which they are part. The media are pro-Hamas and anti-Semitic and don't want to run the ad. And they're using the violence they know their ilk would unleash as an excuse 
This, by the way, hard on the heels of stuffed running an ad for a pro-Hamas group without batting an eyelid. Hell hath no fury like woke fascists called out. Just calling them woke triggers them. If they'd have paid more attention to the economy rather than their woke idiotic left with the ideals, the workers yeah. of this country would have done far better. But it's been my observation that the Greens and the economies that they admire are all in the third world. Point of order uh, for you, please, Itapika. <laughs> point, point of order, Timmy Nauru Wapaka. Uh, there are a couple of ones I could bring in, perhaps one to one, um, personal reflections or relevance to debate, one, one, two. I'll leave that up to you, please. Yes, I know, but I could also rule out your first supplementary because it had suppositions in it. So we do try and get a degree of flow, if at all possible. Uh, but if you just restate your concerns there, because I didn't quite pick up the first one. I think my concerns are that the question for the Deputy Prime Minister wasn't asked, and we also take exception with reference to woke. Those aren't uh, personal reflections, and they don't belong in this House. Nor in this nation, no doubt, Debbie. Ladies and gentlemen, we were approaching a point before the election where this country would have ended up with political prisoners under proposed hate speech laws. We were going the way of Britain and America. Election results this year in New Zealand, Argentina and the Netherlands suggest the woke fascist tide may be receding. That is edifying and gratifying. But to repeat myself from two weeks ago, echoing Thomas Jefferson, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. The woke fascists are vicious, smug, self-righteous and militant in their evil, and they're going to pull out all the stops. It's my custom to close with music. How, I wondered, could I best get up the noses of woke fascists? Hmm, something written by a Jew, sung by dead white males, celebrating the heart of Christianity, perhaps? <laughs> Even to this atheist, the answer was obvious. Merry Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright. And may all your Christmases be wild. Well, don't you stand there. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas 
With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be Christmas, Frank. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. everybody. Thank you for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to or dislike what you're listening to, either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.